This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. We're able to do more diverse testing um, and more flexible testing and uh, really just improve the efficiencies from a flexibility standpoint. That's WQA Lab Director Zach Gleason talking about the new WQA Laboratory at the new WQA headquarters, which opened during 2021. And welcome to WQA Radio, where we bring you news and insights about the water treatment industry and promote the betterment of water quality around the globe. Find us at WQA.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is episode number 247, which we're calling 2021 Rewind. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app or player so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. Also, if you wouldn't mind, do us a favor, go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Thank you. We're publishing this on December 29th of 2021. Happy New Year to you and your family from WQA Radio. In this episode, we'll hear from Zach Gleason about all the new features of the WQA Lab. And then we'll hear a portion of our interview earlier this year with Joe Doss, president of the International Bottled Water Association. And then we'll hear a portion of the keynote address at the WQA convention and exposition from speaker Simon T. Bailey. And later, we'll have our WQA tip. Now on to Rewind 2021. We begin with WQA Lab Director Zach Gleason on WQA Radio. Kind of try to do a little contrasting and comparing, if you would. What are we leaving behind and what are we coming to? Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, we've been in that space there for, for 40 years or so. And when you've been in a space that long and you're growing, you end up having to make decisions about where to put stuff simply based on where you can fit it and less, um, less driven by where it makes sense to put it. Uh, so the, so the, the new space is um, for the lab is about twice, maybe even bigger than twice the size from a square footage perspective. And that's allowed us to really not only accommodate our current size, but plan for future growth and plan for lean processes and organization that will improve efficiencies across the laboratory. Obviously space is huge. The lean process is big. Um, can you give us an example of what's that, what that's going to look like in terms of numbers of benches and tanks and things like that? Sure, so, so there's equipment improvements too, um, but from an efficiency standpoint, just, uh, just from a lean side, we're looking at, you know, increasing the number of stations where we can perform tasks. So things that are integral to laboratory work, like measuring um, weights and volumes and titrations and things that are done for preparation of test water, where instead of being doing all that in one place, we're doing it 
closer to where it's being used. So that means fewer trips back and forth and uh, just just much more efficient just from a footpath perspective and, and the distance between what I need and where I need it. Uh, on the equipment side, you know, we're moving from really six or seven test rigs to a total of 10. So it's not, it doesn't seem like a huge increase in the number of test rigs, but the new, we've also redesigned the test rigs. So we're able to do more diverse testing um, and more flexible testing and uh, really just improve the efficiencies from a flexibility standpoint. So that if we are receiving one particular kind of test in large quantity, all at the same time, we can accommodate that and um, we can automate a lot more of what we were doing manually before. Again, trying to improve the number of things that it, you know, a, a staff member can accomplish in the same amount of time. That was WQA Lab Director Zach Gleason. And now we hear part of my interview with Joe Doss, president of the International Bottled Water Association. Is it possible to, to get a sense of where the industry is on in terms of consumption and sales right now? Are we uh, obviously we had the surge. You mentioned that things kind of uh, flattened a little bit. And this is no, you know, normal year. Um, but where are you in terms of overall uh, consumption and sales? Right. Well, I think things are looking pretty good. Um, we have gotten uh, preliminary sales figures uh, for 2020 from the Beverage Marketing Corporation. Um, that indicate that bottled water is, again, the number one packaged beverage in the United States. This is our fifth year in a row to hold that number one beverage uh, product position. And, and they are predicting continued growth for years to come. Um, the, the, the preliminary stats for 2020 are that consumption is going to be 15.1 billion gallons, which is a 5% increase over the previous year. Uh, retail sales will be $36.3 billion, which is a 4.9% increase. And per capita consumption is gonna be 45.3 gallons, which is a 4.5% increase. So um, still a lot of good growth there for the year. Um, and the figures from beverage marketing continue to show that most of our growth, most of bottled water's growth uh, relative to the other beverages has come from people switching from soda, fruit drinks, and other sugary beverages to water. So that's been about a 66% shift since 2006 uh, in terms of people um, leaving carbonated soft drink, sugary drinks, and switching to, to bottled water. You gave uh, some, some very interesting numbers there, but do you have a number for percentage of households that consume bottled water in one form or another? I do not. I do not. Okay. I'm sure Just some curious. of our company, I'm sure some of our companies do, and, and we don't keep a lot of, we don't keep any statistics. These are all figures from Beverage Marketing Corporation. And um, so I, I don't have those figures. I think one interesting thing about the bottled water industry, though, if you're looking at historically, since 1977, there's only been two years when bottled water consumption has not grown. And those two years were 08 and 09 during the Great Recession. And that of course affected uh, all segments of the beverage industry. But since 1977, pretty much every single year, the bottled water consumption has continued to grow. 
Well, that's very encouraging for you and your members. Um, let's take a look at one of the issues that you do have to be concerned about, and that that is the growing concern among consumers that there should be some alternatives to plastic, plastic bottles. How is that affecting the industry, and what are you trying to do to address that concern? Right. Well, we do hear that, and, and our members obviously are looking at alternatives to plastic packaging. But I think the main issue here is that there's just a lot of misinformation about the environmental impact of bottled water products in plastic containers. I think that's the issue. And, and that has resulted in efforts uh, to ban or restrict the sale of bottled water. And so IBWA is therefore continuing, continuing to push back against those anti-bottled water efforts to provide the facts to consumers, to the media, to government officials. I mean, the fact is, and these are some of the things that we share, um, you know, bottled water has the smallest environmental footprint of all packaged drinks. 100% of our packaging containers are recyclable. Um, you know, through the light weighting of our, of our bottles, the PET plastic uh, packaging has seen an average weight drop and they're now down to an average of 9.25 grams for a 16 ounce individual size container. And, and that's almost one third less than the amount of PET it takes to make soda or other drink containers, which need to have thicker uh, packaging due to the carbonation and the manufacturing processes. And they weigh basically almost three times, uh, 23.9 grams. So, um, you know, some members are using pro uh, plastic bottles now uh, that weigh 7.5 grams. So I think that we're doing a lot in that area to reduce uh, the environmental footprint of the industry. A lot of our members are now using um, a lot of recycled content, uh, both PET and HDPE in their plastic bottle water containers. So some of our members are using 25, 50 percent. 75 and some even 100% recycled content uh, in, their, in their plastic bottles. And I think the other thing that people um, don't think about is that in this effort to reduce or eliminate plastic packaging, they don't consider the environmental impacts of the alternatives. <laughs> and we found a recent report from the American Chemistry Council uh, quite interesting. Uh, they examined the overall impact of plastics on the environment compared to other materials. And that study concluded that when you compare materials throughout the entire life cycle of a package, that plastics leave a much smaller environmental footprint than alternatives such as glass, aluminum cans, or paperboard cartons. And uh, one of the most significant findings of the report is that uh, alternatives to plastic beverage containers produce about 60% more greenhouse gas emissions, which of course is a major contributor to climate change. So I, I think these are some of the facts that we're trying to get out there um, to make sure that consumers are, uh, have the information they need about bottled water packaging. And finally, we hear from WQA convention keynote speaker, Simon T. Bailey. One of the interesting things, I had an opportunity to do some work with the Hartsville-Jackson-Atlanta Airport. 
And what you may not know about that airport is they have about 80 million passengers that go through the airport on an annual basis, about 55,000 employees that work in 700 different companies. And one of the things they discovered is that by the time a person goes through TSA and they get to their gate, they're like done. They're like, I'm out of here, get me out of here because of just the whole experience. So we begin to teach them this whole concept of how do you really become responsive, meeting people where, where they are, understanding that every customer has a compass. They have a need, a want, a style, an emotion. How do we connect with that? So one of the stories that came out of, uh, after we trained them, was there was a passenger flying through the airport, stopped at one of the restaurants on Concourse A that was known for their apple pastries, and she wanted to order a dozen apple pastries. So she said to the person behind the counter, hey, do you have a dozen of pastries? I want to get them to go, take them home with me. They said, no, we only have a half a dozen. However, we'll call our other restaurant on Concourse C to see if they have a half a dozen. Well, that person made the call. They didn't have uh, the other half a dozen. And mind you, standing behind this passenger was a person from the city of Atlanta. And she taps the passenger on the shoulder, true story, not an urban legend, holds her, her ID to show that she's with the airport. She said, ma'am, if you give me your name and address, I will contact the general manager and we will have a dozen apple pastries sent to you via FedEx. Now you're probably saying, that's, that's random. Why would this person do this? It's because when you begin to understand that customer love is the differentiation, that, that is uh, the opportunity to be uber responsive, to take care of a need, that customers never forget that, and they become the unofficial marketing department for the business. Now our WQA tip, great news. Registration has opened for the 2022 WQA convention and exposition. This is the signature event of the year in the water treatment industry. Nothing else like it. You will want to join us in Orlando, Florida, April 6th through the 8th for education, networking, industry updates, the WQA Leadership Awards, and of course, a trade show with the latest technology and products. Go to wqa.org convention to learn more and get you and your entire team signed up. Save with advanced pricing through January 26th. WQA.org slash convention. And we will see you in Orlando. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at WQA.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.